Live from the Business Radio X studio in Atlanta, it's time for Dental Business Radio, brought to you by Practice Quotient. Practice Quotient bridges the gap between the provider and payer communities. Now here's your host, Patrick O'Rourke. Hi there, friends of Dental Business Radio. This is your host, Patrick O'Rourke, here on a Sunday, Friday afternoon with John Ray, our producer. Uh, Before we get started, I want to make sure to thank our sponsor, Practice Quotient, PPO Analysis and Negotiation, top-tier representation for top-tier providers. If you are a top-tier provider and you do not feel like you are getting top-tier compensation, you should contact the fine professionals at Practice Quotient, 470-592-1680, www.practicequotient.com. If you don't know how to spell quotient, um, ask your kids in high school. Thank you. Um, so with that, uh, I'm really excited today. We're going to have a great show. John Ray, I hope you're ready. The intellectual brilliance in this room is so bright. We better put on some shades. That looks good. Uh, I got my shades on. All right. So with me is Josh Rowland and Stuart Oberman. How are you gentlemen? Good. How are you? Um, I am uh, alive and well. Thank you, sir. On a sunny day. Good. On a sunny day. It's great to be here with you. Well, well, it's great to see you, Josh Rowland. It's been a little while. It has. Yeah. So um, what we're going to do, I think, is uh, let's start with uh, you, Josh Rowland. Josh Rowland, um, by way of introduction, so I've known Josh for uh, a long time. and Over jo- a decade. Yeah. At yep. least. And, uh, you know, when I met Josh, I was working over at Humana and, you know, I did large and jumbo group sales. And what that means is large and jumbo group employers, you know, over a hundred employees, over a thousand employees, really the bigger, the better. Um, and so I would go to the different benefit houses and the brokerage houses and, uh, Josh and his partners over there were a little bit different than most brokers. Uh, and I, I, I do, I, I think of intellectual powerhouse, but when I go in there, when I went in, you didn't care if I took you to, uh, you know, chops, you didn't care what the bonus program was. You didn't care about any of that. You just cared if you knew what you were talking about. And if you, if you didn't know what you were talking about, you probably wouldn't get another meeting at that office. (laughs) Yes. Right. And that's the one, one of the things I really respected about, about you and all of your colleagues that like no bullshit. You guys know this stuff inside and out and can smell the carrier rep and the sizzle sometimes and see through it. Um, that's, that's really all a broker has to offer in that space is intellectual capital. Um, anybody can get quotes uh, from a carrier. So at some point the broker is unnecessary unless that broker is bringing an intellectual um, menu of topics to the table to help consult, not just present a pile of uh, insurance products to buy. Because really all we do in the end is sell somebody else's promise. And so we have to be able to bring a, a significant degree of consultative uh, power to that uh, relationship as well. Gotcha. Excellent. So let's back this up a little bit um, because I'm real familiar with what a benefit broker does. Um but for all of our listeners on Dental Business Radio, we have a lot of folks that are um, uh, providers, right? So to think dentists, oral surgeons, periodontists, and they're not familiar with the distribution 
channel. And so what do you do as far as dental? So why do employers offer dental and then why are they bringing you in to do? And then how are you evaluating the dental product options in any given market? Sure. And that's a great question. So um, there are a, a large number of dental insurance carriers, and many of these carriers sell other products as well. Could be medical, vision, life, or disability, or voluntary benefits. Um, and you know, there's maybe depending on the market, fifteen to thirty different carriers. And an employer doesn't really have the time or the know-how to have relationships with all those carriers to ask for quotes for their own benefit programs. So the broker acts as kind of the, the liaison between that to understand the needs of the employer and then how to go find a, the best match for that in the market or how to build it if it doesn't exist uh, currently. Um, the reason that most employers are offering dental insurance is it's really about recruitment and retention. Uh, it's a very important benefit across generations. Um, you know, there's up to five now generations working together. And most of them like dental for different reasons. Um, you know, I always say that the uh, dental and vision are the only two benefits that show up on Instagram. And people kind of hmm. look at you a little funny until you pull out your cell phone and say selfie. <laughs> so the younger demographic is obviously more interested in that. Whereas we get older, our, our teeth do decay and we need more severe help. So why are you uh, looking at me when you say older <laughs> and decay? Well, uh, actually I think we're about the same age, aren't we? Yeah. Think, yeah. So actually though, full disclosure, okay. before I came on to dental business radio, I, I did brush my teeth and floss better this morning than I have in a while. <laughs> and three people asked me if I did that. I'm sure you get that all the time, but yeah, so I did. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's a big recruitment and, re and retention benefit. Um, we that, appreciate that. Yes. You know, cause we're pretty close. You got to look at me. Yeah. So, um, it's a recruitment retention benefit, and it's not an expensive benefit, um, and the broker helps be that liaison to, to, to help the employer understand what their employees want and need and then how to go get that at the most advantageous price. Gotcha. So the budget for that is always a concern, but it really pales in comparison to the overall benefit package Correct. when you think about medical and certainly like group disability 401ks, et cetera. So it's kind of a ratio, you know, a, a, a good dental plan, and I'm going to be really general here, so there, there could be a lot of play either way, may cost $40 per month per employee, whereas a really good medical plan may cost $800 a month per employee. So it, there is a, a big price difference, and that dental is not an expensive benefit. And we're starting to see employers really lean into juicing up those benefit plans to help attract and retain top talent. It's not, it's not an expensive thing to do. Gotcha. So what are, walk me through, or walk our listeners through and Stuart, because this is also Stuart Oberman over here is, is learning as well. And what's are typically, just generally speaking, what are going to be the most important criteria factors when an employer is looking at various dental options? And it can't be just price, obviously. Correct. I mean, price is always there, but uh, because the the base dollars are not huge, you know, a a ten percent increase is four bucks a month, which is two bucks a paycheck. So twenty percent increase, like holy cow, it's twenty percent. Yeah, it's four bucks. Well, right. okay, maybe it's worth it because what are we getting for that twenty percent? Right. So there's a couple of things you're getting. One is network access. So which dentists are going to take uh, the plan, which is what most families think about is which, you know, can I go to my dentist? The dentist is a very personal relationship. A, you know, a family doesn't want to change because the insurance plan changed. Mm -hmm. So 
network access is a big one. And then two is how much is the annual benefit maximum? So dental is different than medical in that medical pays unlimited in a year. You can have $30 million of claims if you're unlucky and the, the plan will pay it. Dental has a limited benefit, usually between one and $5,000 a year is the most the insurance carrier will pay. Mm-hmm. So a uh, per person. So they're trying to figure out how much do I need? You know, is this a thousand dollars enough? Do I need to go to 2,500? Um, what's the price difference between the two? Mm-hmm. Those tend to be the big elements of, of comparison. There's, you know, it's a 60 page contract. So there's a lot of little things we look at inside, but they're really looking at the annual max and the network are, are tend to be the two big things. Gotcha. And you know, this question comes up quite a bit. Actually, I talked to docs, uh, about it and they're like, well, why is it still a thousand dollar max? And, and I said, listen, you know, insurance is just a, it's a financial vehicle, right? You want a $10,000 max, like it can be built. But the thing is when the, they're looking at the plan, they're going to look at how many people actually hit the max. Right. And so if there's only 3% of the people, you know, that hit the max, then it, do you want to pay, even if it's, you know, four bucks more for everybody. And yeah. And that, are you, how often are you, what's your, how often are you seeing people hit this max and what's the variation like? The thousand dollar max we're starting to see get hit more and more. Um, historically, you know, very few people would cross $500 in a year of claims, but we're starting to see the annual max at a thousand get hit more and more. So we're starting to see kind of that 1500 is kind of the new norm for a annual max. And now I've got a couple of carriers will go unlimited and actually do an unlimited plan. Um, mm-hmm. But if you look at the price difference, there's not a huge price difference once you cross $2,500 on an annual max because what, you know, there's just not a huge percentage that are going to incur that amount of claims. So the insurance carrier knows it and they price it accordingly. But that looks really good if you're trying to recruit somebody and say, hey, we have a $5,000 dental plan. Right. It's like, oh, my gosh, that's fantastic. I have to work here. Second, second most re- requested benefit. Absolutely. And, and people want it. They think that they need dental insurance to go see dentists. Which is not true. I know true. that. You know that. Um, and anybody who's ever come to my house knows that. Um, much to the chagrin of Mrs. O'Rourke, who hates me talking about that. Um, chagrin's a good word. Yeah. She's like, somebody's like, oh, Pat, I would have went to the dentist, but I don't have dental insurance. And I'm like, er, whistle, time out. You <laughs> and me outside. We're going to have a little chat. And my wife's like, no, Jesus, not again. Not again. Um, so... So that now let's, now let's talk about network, right? Yeah. So there's network adequacy. There's geos. Geo, by the way, for our listeners, is about the geography. There's going to be claims disruptions. I know what all of those things are, but how important is having independent providers in in the network? Let's, you know, how deep do you guys go in analyzing the network and how important it is? And is there any type of quality metrics? It uh, depends on the uh, employer. Some are, are very keen as to the network disruption going from carrier to carrier. In major metropolitan areas, there's usually not a huge difference between your major carriers. You know, if, if, if a provider has joined, you know, MetLife, they've probably also joined Guardian. Um, so, and you know, there's a bunch of others. I just want, don't want to call those two out. But um, so. It, there's usually a pretty good network match. Where it changes is, is when you have larger employee populations in more rural areas, and uh, there can be a lot of dentists just choosing not to join networks, period, mm-hmm. um, or choosing to only join a few. Right. So that so that's where the comparison can come down. And we have uh, the incumbent carriers run reports and tell us, okay, who's the top, you know, 200 utilized dentists that these employees actually went to. 
give me their tax ID numbers and we give that to the other carriers and they run the reports and say, hey, we got a 99% match on what your previous dentists were. However, we've lost, let's say, these three. Mm-hmm. So then that carrier may go out and recruit them in. That employer may be a part of that, depending on how important those providers are. If it's, you know, the CFO's dentist, then, mm-hmm. you know, mountains get moved uh, to make that happen. So um, network is a big deal. But to your point before, you can go to a dentist and not have to go through right. insurance. And if you're just getting a couple cleanings done a year, you're probably paying more in premium. Mm-hmm. But you didn't hear that from me. <clears throat> Uh, well, you have heard it from me, dear listeners, <laughs> many, many times. Uh, and so it's kind of the one thing, and I'm just curious because I haven't been looking at the numbers, you know, on that side. I've been busy on my side here. Uh, I, my bet was that with the advent of HSAs and FSAs, that, you know, particularly in the smaller group market, I know you're playing in a larger group space, but in the small group market, when you're talking about under 25 employees, under 50 employees, that there's, um, you know, let's say it's ABC company, right? Mm-hmm. And then you've got the upper, you got the CFO or the accountant, right? And they're like, it's $35 for premium. They do the math in their head. They're like, oh, that's 420 bucks a year. How much does it cost me just to go to the dentist anytime I want? 360 bucks. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll save the, save the what? 40 bucks. Yeah. 60 bucks, 60, 60 bucks. Put in my FSA and self-insure in case I need a cavity, right. which I don't think I'll need because I've been going to see the dentist every six months, my entire life. Right. And so they're just using that and then using the triple tax advantage, which is awesome. By the way, if you don't know what that is, please ask your financial advisor or fire the one that you have. If they've never mentioned that to you, um, this is not financial advice. Sorry. I digress. Anyway. So, you have that person then drops out. So yep. you have, it's all about risk pool, right? right? So you have 25 people, the more people that's in it paying premium, right? That, that's what's used to pay the claims on the other side of your spectrum at our fictional company here. Let's call it ABC widgets. Um, you have, uh, we're in Georgia. So let's affectionately call them Bubba. All right. Now Bubba's like $35 a month. Well, man, I got my child support and medical insurance didn't go down. I got my cancer insurance and my disability insurance, $35 a month. And so he drops out. All right. Who are the two best people to have in your risk pool? Those two. Both those because they're not going to incur claims. Now we do have the issue as well that, you know, at 25 employees for ABC widget company, their claims really don't matter as much inside their premium because they're not a credible risk group of size. But your mm. point is correct um, that, you know, part of dental insurance is around recruitment and retention. Mm-hmm. Because, um, But there's also the part that people will say, hey, I've got an HSA. I'm better self-insuring this. Mm-hmm. And they're absolutely correct. The difference comes in when an employer contributes to the dental plan and says, all right, the premium's 35 bucks. Me, the employer, will kick in 20 for anybody that takes it. So it's only costing you 15. Mm-hmm. And now... Or they're paying for the employee. And exactly. Then, yeah. 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 So the math can begin to change. And we're seeing that more and more where the employers are willing to kick in some decent money to help make these plans more affordable. Well, you'll see you know, even more if they increase FICA tax. Yeah. Thanks, DC. <laughs> <clears throat> that was facetious. Um, all right. So network again, guys. So this is how it all works. And you're hearing it directly from somebody who was doing it every single day and has been doing it for a long time. Um, what have you seen that's kind of new and exciting or, you know, I mean, listen, let's, let's face it, dental insurance, like John Ray's sleeping over there already. Hey, John Ray, we're still here, buddy. Um, <laughs> um, 
And dental insurance isn't the most exciting thing in the world, but it hurts uh, my heart to say it. But you're right; it's not the most exciting thing in the world. Yeah. So what? But is there anything that is worth talking about out there in the market right now? There's some new things going on. Um, some of the dental carriers are getting creative in how they're doing some plan design uh, work. We're, um, you know, to insurance people, it's exciting. To a lot of other people, it's not. Um, a couple of carriers have have jumped up and that are new in this space. Beam Dental being one of them. Um, they have kind of a different model where they're sending out electronic toothbrushes to every member as part of the enrollment package. Um, and then you're getting free floss and free toothpaste and brush heads every six months. So uh, the idea there is to keep the teeth cleaner, which will lower claims for them. So they don't actually cost more than other dental carriers that don't provide that. So it's a different model. That's um, interesting. Yeah. Um, their CEO Fro, um, over there's a great guy. Um, so they've, they're making a splash, and uh, I think a lot of people are kind of looking at them saying, wow, that's a really kind of good idea. I'm wondering mm. uh, in five years, what's that impact really going to be on, on their population? So really excited to see what they're doing with that. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot of dental carriers really try to get aggressive on pricing around this COVID time now because there's a drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're sitting on huge piles of money. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. some waived premium and said, you know, hey, we're going to waive premium for two months. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that's kind of a nice – it kind of creates a payroll hassle if, you, if you're used to taking money out of employees' paychecks and then you have to stop. But, you know, it's a nice gesture to say, hey, we're making a lot more money than we're used to. We're going to give some of it back. So, you know, the innovation in dental insurance is only so exciting. For me it is, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, for me too. I love it. I, I almost put you to sleep with that, so I'm sorry. No, no. You said something actually quite important. Um, and so it's not just me saying it, but um, – on the provider side, there's see, there's two different sides now in, in, that I've learned in over the course of the past eight years, right? Since I've left the corporate insurance world and, and you know started doing practice quotient, there is the consumer right distribution, right? So think employer groups, think yeah. members, think subscribers, think brokers, right? There's one communication. And then we have the provider community. Yeah. Right. And so then that there's like a whole different dialogue that's happening over there. And what they're telling me as a representative, they're like, Oh, we're, we got to bring our costs down, our cost of care. We have to bring it down. And da, da, da. And I'm like, really? Uh huh. Really? Tell me more. Uh-huh. Did somebody tell you that? Or did you actually look at the numbers? Right. Um, is that Kool-Aid you're drinking over there? Because I understand the numbers really, really well. Um, sorry, a little distracted there. Um, John Ray's distracting sometimes. So our producer, John Ray is walking around like the paparazzi taking pictures. So you check him out on the website. Um, so at any rate, I don't want to, um, knock, you know, the shine and the hustle of some of the carriers and their compelling rhetoric that they come with. But, um, just, uh, I know you guys are listening, so just so you know, I see you. Um, anyways, so with that, I, the beam dental, that's interesting. It's a really interesting idea that they're coming out with. And it's, it's a, it's a great team of people. They're good people. Um, where are they out of? I knew you were going to ask me that. I think the Midwest somewhere. Gotcha. Maybe Kansas. It's not Kansas, but you know. So have you seen in, they're all over the place. They're, they're a national it's my la- last dorking out on dental insurance. Um, so how are the renewals going? Like how did one, one, nobody knows how to price that, but how, what are you seeing for like seven, one renewals got to be flat at this the, point? They've been flat. 
um, flat or decrease. So yeah, this it's you know dental's not an expensive commodity right now on the insurance side. Uh, so um, we're seeing employers tend to lean in and buy richer plans now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think again back to that recruitment and retention. The employer is trying to you know steal the best talent from somewhere, mm-hmm. and a in a very cost effective manner to do that is with a very rich dental policy or vision policy or disability policy because medical is just so expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, very very true and. So before we leave you, Josh, and we go to the great Stuart Oberman, tell us a little bit about the firm that you are now part of. Sure. So I'm uh, with a company called One Digital Health and Benefits. We're headquartered here in Atlanta. We're in the top five of the largest benefit consulting firms in the country. uh, I'm going to get the numbers somewhat wrong, 120 offices across the country, about 3,000 employees. do a fantastic job of employer groups from all size, two employers or two employees up to 300,000 and uh, self-funded, fully insured, level funded, all, all, all the different um, mechanisms there. So um, I've been with them now for four years. We sold our practice in about four years ago, and uh, it's been a great move for us. Um, so we're, we're very excited about it. Well, it's got you and David Pittard. That's right. You know, then, it's hard to get us. It, it, it is. <laughs> you know, then that's the spot to be. So um, – so thank you very much, Josh Roland. We are going to bring in our other guest, and then we'll bring you back in, Josh. So don't go anywhere. Um, we will have more fun, I promise. Stuart, how are you doing over there? Good, sir. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm not wearing a tie like you. Uh, I can't. But it's okay. You're a lawyer. You're supposed to be dressed better than me. But you're much better looking than I am. Oh, uh, well, that's a, I, uh, I, it's all in the eye of the beholder, you know? So it just kind of depends on who you ask. So if you ask somebody that has, you know, has poor eyesight, then I might win, you know, but anyways, so Stuart is an attorney and I think all of our listeners understand what attorneys do, but Stuart is, um, a little bit, uh, he's very involved in the dental world. He's very, he's quite well known and popular and throughout the Southeastern United States and Texas. Um, and I'm sure he'll tell us a little bit more. Um, but I have a great respect for Stuart and so uh, I wanted to bring Stuart on the show so that we could talk about what he is seeing. Um, I have a couple things I want to ask, but first I want to see if you have any thoughts, anything that you, what's new and exciting in Stuart's world? <laughs> oh gosh, where to start? Um, little, little background. So we have a lot of resources to draw from. Mm-hmm. Um, we are very, very fortunate as far as the markets go. We, we have clients in, Probably 28 states, California, Maine, and Florida. Wow. Uh, all the same problems, all the same issues. Mm. Um, the only thing that changes is the states. Um, whether you've got one practice, you know, or 20, you probably got the same problems. So, they're, they're, you know, COVID-19 changed everything. Um, it, it brought in teledentistry. It brought in compliance problems. It brought in HR problems. Um, the stuff was, those problems were already there. It just magnified 97 fold. Mm. Um, so we are seeing a, a lot of activity in the compliance side. HR side is, is a huge, huge issue right now. Um, technology is a huge issue. We're seeing more breaches um, security-wise than we've ever seen. Uh, we're seeing more expansion in patient care than we've ever seen. Uh, teledentistry is absolutely exploding right now. Um, we're very fortunate. We do a lot on the physician side also. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a lot of um, exposure to the telemedicine side on the physician side. Dentistry is probably 10 years behind the medical side. 
but yeah. it's coming. And um, we're seeing a lot of the same scenarios that we've seen 10 years ago on the teledentistry side or in medical side, rather, in the teledentistry. I would say those couple of things are probably the biggest areas that we, we've seen explosion wise. Um, of course, you got the DSO market, which is, you know, everyone under the sun literally wants to um, start a DSO. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get calls. I don't know how many times a day I want to start a DSO. I want to get out of the chair. Yeah, I, I'm done clinically. I've been practicing 10 years. Uh, I'm done. I want to start buying and selling. So then you run into liquidity problems. Um, you know, we um we had a very good call, or I had a call last Friday, and um, I had a call, good call today with um, uh, Lauren Mansour in our office, uh, also does a lot of healthcare. And, uh, Hi, Lauren. Yeah, does a great job. She great does. job. She does do a good job. Great job. No enormous talent. Great job. So, you know, one, one particular lender um, last year, because COVID didn't hit their numbers, and I was asking the uh, lender, they got a thousand lenders on the platform that they got to put money on the street. So one particular lender had a billion dollars they had to put on the street in healthcare, a billion. Wow! They didn't even hit. They didn't even hit their market. So that's it's gone. That, that revenue is already gone. So they got to roll it over to something else. So what? How? What do I got to do to be considered healthcare, Stuart? Like, can I just call myself Doctor O'Rourke? Well, you know, of course, you got to be a licensed professional, especially on the dental side. All right. You're um, a lawyer. Make it happen, man. Yeah, there you go. There you go. But there's a lot of exciting things happening. There's a lot of stuff going on. All right. Uh, when, there's a lot of stuff. When you said teledentistry and telemedicine, I saw Josh Rowland nod in his head vigorously um, from the employer side. How is how's that working out? Telemedicine's exploding. exploding. Uh, teledentistry, like you said, is, is about 10 years behind, but it's raising a lot of eyebrows as this is interesting, we should dig into this further. So I think it's in its infancy, but it's it's here to stay. Gotcha. And so that's, you know, when he says that, that means that there's going to be huge demand because that's where he, he's at the tip of that spear. Yeah. So all the folks that are setting it up and structuring it, what you're doing is you're setting you're setting up the platform for them to succeed long term. Well, you got you got a lot of issues. So you've got the platform, you got to right plat, you got to pick the right platform. That's um, there's some out there that have some good platforms. There's some that got some really bad platforms. Define platform for me. So platform is nothing more than uh, I'll use the I'll use the word the cloud. Okay. Um, where you you basically have uh, data stored. You've got patients coming in, coming out. Um, some are direct networks where you have uh, the dental offices going directly to the patient. Some you have actually where the patient is actually going into a lobby, if you will, on the cloud. And then um, at that point, the doctors, um, the dentists are getting summoned that the patient is in the room. And then next thing you know, you got video conference t- uh, capabilities. Now, what we're running into, the problem is, is that you've got two different platforms that our doctors don't really realize, which is a mess compliance-wise. You've got asynchronous and synchronous. So a lot of the um, pharmaceutical, well, I'm back, I'm back up on that. You've got a lot of the physicians that are in the telemedicine space mm-hmm. that are not in compliance. Mm. They're not talking to the patients. They're they're going you know asynchronous, um, which is basically I'm going to read your chart. I'm going to read your question and answers. I'm going to do the checks. What do you what do you you know what's your history? And then I'm going to issue a prescription, which is a recipe for disaster. Mm. So Sounds like it. It's, it is. You can't do that on the dental side. Um, so the states are way behind on the dental side right now. Um, mm. You know, of course, the, the law is always you know probably five or ten years behind technology. So right now the states are wrestling with capabilities on how to um, enforce that because what's happening is is that they've seen what really goes on on the medical side 
And then they don't want that going into dentistry. So it's a very, very tight noose right now on that. But we're saying, hey, you know what? If you want to use teledentistry, use it for certain things. Use it for customer service. Use it for, you know, I, we always say when, when I speak, you know, why in the world are you going to ask the, 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 the patient to be seven questions? Have you been exposed? Been overseas? Have you been, you know, has anyone you know been exposed to COVID-19? Why don't you ask that on, on, a, on a face call, FaceTime, on a Zoom? Mm. Why, why bring that patient in there and waste your staff's time? The next thing you know, you got an answer. If they answer yes to any of those questions, mm-hmm. and you got patients in the lobby, you got staff that's going back and forth, they're exposed, mm. which is a whole other mess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now, now <laughs> yeah, like so the light, light bulb just went <laughs> off. I'm like, yes. Yeah, so COVID, HR, all. Yeah. Holy smokes. Good stuff, man. Yeah. Good so stuff. good stuff. It's like everything is a time bomb. It's a time bomb. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, that's got to keep you busy, but then you got to, you know, kind of, Part of your job is to articulate the risks and get the clients to accept it and take action. And that can be difficult. That's a whole nother world. Mm-hmm. That's a whole nother world. So do you find that um, the provider community is, is receptive? Are they proactive or are they reactive when you go in there? You got two schools. You really, you really got three schools. You got guys that are checking out. They're done. Forget about it. I'm, I'm running into the sunset. I'm tears away. From, I'm two years away from retiring. I'm not doing nothing. I don't even do social media. Mm-hmm. Then you got the middle middle tier guys. You know they, they're back practicing 15, 20 years. They're like on this edge. Do I go or not go? So mm-hmm. I think the ones that are are really really sharp will go and and, and flow. Mm-hmm. They will they will get the technology. They're going to upgrade. They're going to buy a hundred thousand dollar machines. They're, they're going to they're going to and dance into that mm-hmm. right. But then you got that segment of that middle middle tier that doesn't want to practice anymore. So then they're like, well, okay, do I expand out or just, do I just buy or sort of coast through? Then you've got the younger guys, you know, um, who are coming out of school with so much debt, they're five or, five or ten years away from anything. Mm. So, um, uh, But they want to explode. They want to expand out. The problem is that to buy a dental practice for the younger guys, um, they can't compete right now with the DSOs. Yeah, it's not too much money. Not when you're paying 100%. Mm. You know, you pay 100% plus. Um, you know, equity rollovers, those kind of things. So – the middle guys are are we've seen a lot of movement right now in partnerships because a lot of older guys do I say older guys more experienced dentists don't want to deal with the DSOs um, because they got certain requirements coming in mm-hmm. um, as far as what the sellers have got to do so they're they're coming in for on the partnership side so we're seeing a lot of growth on the partnership side mm-hmm. um, but really from that standpoint there's 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 just three tiers um, and either they're going to you know go into teledentistry. Or they're expand out into you know the more sophisticated treatment, or they're just going to ride into the sunset. So we've found the ones that really, really, really did well were the ones through this whole COVID. Um, some of my guys had the best year ever. I'll say a lot of them did, and some of them that were not stable anyhow crashed. So you're going to have that ten or fifteen percent that's going to crash no matter what they do. And you're going to have that fifteen or twenty percent that's going to expand out. Uh, and be top, you know, top of the tops. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got that middle tier that's, that's always going to sort of teeter. Mm. Other than that, not much else is going on. Well, that's not a lot. I mean, it's just <laughs> like a hammock and a, you know, general yeah. sea breeze. You got to do the crossword over there. Um, <laughs> so there, there's certainly a lot of consolidation. And I think, I, you know, my experience and the experience of my team have also bears that too. So there's the, the partnerships the tax ID changes, the moving, the expansion, um, the associate models. Um, there's just a lot of 
it's exciting, but there's a lot that's happening as far as business strategic business planning changes in the past 18 months in. So what are some of the things that our listeners, if they're exploring because one of the show, part of this show is I've had lots of folks on that are providers. I've had the partnership model on that. If I, you know, corporate or DSO yeah. on good one. Hello, Mark. Yeah. Um, and I've had, um, also a larger group practice where there's, you know, the more traditional kind of buy-in, you know, partnership mm-hmm. type of thing. So I've had lots of those. I've had figure service only on here. Um, what do you think, you know, if, if, uh, if Dr. John Ray over there, um, let's say that he's, he's looking for looking at options, you know, and he's your client and he's like, I don't know what I got to, you know, I've, I've got a pretty good practice. I got a million dollar practice over here, but you know, I could go, I could zig or I could zag. Like, how do you, what, what do you tell him? Uh, know, know where you want to go. What, what are you going to do? Where, where do you want to go in five years, three years, two years, huge difference. So, you know, if, if you're looking to sell, um, the market is great. You, you've got individual buyers out there that have a specific niche. Then you've got the DSO side, which is a whole different world. So, DSOs come in, you're going to be tied to certain numbers. So you're going to, re, you're, you're going to, you're going to work for them in two or three years. Otherwise they're probably not even going to talk to you. Um, then that point is, let's see, you know, you got a million, $2 million practice. You know, if, if you're too successful, you're too big to fail. So if you're too successful, um, you got a two, you know, $2 million practice, 3 million, you know, lenders get a little sque- you know, squeamish on that side. Mm-hmm. So then it's, you know, you're almost too big, you know, there's only so many guys that could take you down. So you got a five or seven million dollar practice. You're you're not going to go to an individual buyer. You're going you're going straight to corporate. Mm-hmm. The lenders won't touch you for the most part. So you've got you know you've got to decide really where you want to go. If you want to ride into the sunset, you know you, you want a six six month plan, twelve month plan. That, that's an individual buyer. If you're going to stay, you want to practice dentistry and get out of the management side. Uh, you're going to be uh, you're going to be pretty much required to stay two or three years. So then you've got certain holdbacks, you know, they're going to hold back about, you know, 10, 20% of your sale price. They're going to make sure that you're, you're, you're staying honest, if you will, mm-hmm. you're going to be on board and you've got equity rollovers, which is a whole different world. Mm-hmm. So you got, you know, XYZ DSO, you know, they may offer you, you know, 10 or 20% stock. Mm-hmm. So then you've got a class B, you know, a class, C class, B class, whatever, whatever class they have multiples. So depending on what they do, depending on what the structure is, um, you've got additional money tied up anywhere from maybe 10 to 20% in stock. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. So now all of a sudden you've got a holdback and you got reinvestment. You better, you better hope those guys recap pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, some have not recapped as quick as they originally were um, projected. So there's some, there's some out there that have cash flow problems. Some are um, really strong. Some are, you know, struggling. So you got to really take a look at, you got to really drill down on your numbers where you want to go. Yeah. You got to clean up, um, you got to clean up your numbers. So everything is EBITDA based now. And it's like, well, my numbers aren't where it is. Well, you got to start, you got to start running the boat through the, you know, you got to start running the boat payment through the, uh, you know, math, Josh Rowland. What a concept. (laughs) Math is scary. Yeah. Um, So you got, you got, you got to figure out where you want to go. I mean, because, you know, you can't decide tomorrow. Well, you know what? I'm going to sell the DSO and your numbers are garbage. Amen. And it's, you know, piss poor planning. What's the saying? Piss, uh, plant, piss plant, poor performance. Yeah. Piss poor planning equals piss poor performance or, you know, 
failure to plan is planning to fail. You, you, you know, you, you got you got guys that you know, you know, four, five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars. You know, they're they're stroking a through three, you know, two or three days a week. You know, they're, they're like, well, you know, one hundred percent of revenue. It ain't gonna happen. You know, I, you know, my my buddy sold for one hundred percent of revenue. Yeah, your buddy's you know, two point five million. You know. You're, my my you're, friend, the dentist. <laughs> yeah, you at six hundred thousand. You know, you, you ain't gonna do, you're not gonna do so good. Yeah, and it's one thing. Um, <laughs> Other than that, not much else is going on. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's pretty quiet. It's been my observation, though, it, that there there are some. There's so much activity that there's proactive reach out um, on behalf of investment banks that are really. I mean, pardon my simpleness, but fancy, fancy words for practice broker. Um, and, you know, talking to a lot of, uh, you know, specialists and, you know, general dentists. And so, and there's also just direct relationships. I see a lot of direct stuff more than I used to. And I don't know whether that's good or bad. It's not really my forte. What let's say John Ray over here, um, is, you know, he gets approached by, um, we love teeth equity firm and they want to buy them. And I've heard of those guys. Yeah. (laughs) Smiles to the universe. Uh, and they're like, Hey, well, listen, we want to buy you. And they, you know, they whisper sweet, nothing's into his ear, but he doesn't have anybody who's really gone over all the numbers. Um, you know, what, what, what do you tell John Ray? Cause John Ray can't do math real well. Take a step back, figure out what you want to do. You got, I mean, you, 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 you the, these guys are, are sending out letters to thousands and thousands and thousands of doctors, thousands. Are you telling me I'm not special? Uh, you are special. Uh, you always been special to me, but you're special. <laughs> you got some DSOs that only take 3% of what, 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 you know, what, what they market to. That's, that's, that's top of the top. So, um, uh, you, you get a letter from, you know, uh, XYZ, you know, DSO that just came about yesterday and they got a little, little money in a, you know, little money in the kitty. They just got funding for three to 5 million, which is really nothing nowadays. You know, unless you can't, unless you got 15 or 20 million sitting in, you know, on the sidelines, you're not, you're not going to do much. But, um, so it's, it's really, what do you want to do? I mean, if, if you're just, you know, you're just stroking it along and, and you know, you've been doing good, you have no marketing, you got no plan, you, your revenues are flat, you know, or in decline, which is a disaster. Um, if your numbers are flat or in decline, you better to take a step back and figure out what you want to do for the next two or three years. Cause you're not going to get a good sale. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you get that letter from the DSO and, um, you think this is a pretty good deal, you know, make a 1.5, 1.7, 2 million. Um, I need to look at this, you know, how am I going to maintain? And then you know, you're looking at, you know, six or eight months down the road for a close. A lot of times, uh, the due diligence on a DSO buyout will wear you out. They will wear you out. Yeah, they already wear me out. They will wear you out. And they it's keep a lot. asking me questions. Is yeah. these numbers real? And I'm like, did I put them on there? Yeah, they're it's, real. It's a due Stop di- calling me. The due diligence. You know, we, we, were, ta- we were talking to a uh, lender. <laughs> uh, you know, a, a, a basically lender broker today that's, that's got the thousand dollar platform. They're like, before we even touch this deal, we want you to do the due diligence. Mm-hmm. And we want you to present the due diligence to us um, so we can present it to our lenders, our, our, our platform lenders, whatever it is. Mm. So, you know, before you even get to that dance, they want due diligence. Mm-hmm. Um, so due diligence on that side, you, you're talking about quality of earnings reports that are, you know, cost these guys, DSOs, you know, 20, 25,000. 
that they're going to spend to figure out where, where your future is going um, versus, you know, John Smith that is selling to, you know, um, you know, Steve Frank, you know, has been practicing for five years. Mm-hmm. So you got to know your numbers. If you mm-hmm. don't know your numbers, get out of the market because you're going to get hammered. You, you, you're you're, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. Mm-hmm. I like that. In fact, it could be like a slogan for the show. You got to know your numbers. You got to know your numbers. Right. I don't care what I was profession thinking, you're in. Shoot yourself in the foot was the slogan. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I, you just got to know your numbers. I mean, it's it, it's that simple. If you can't tell you, if you can't, if your CPA can't figure out what your EBITDA is, um, then you need to get another CPA. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean that with all sincerity. Uh, I, I I couldn't agree with you more, Stuart. Uh, that's that's why we get along. There's you know there's a lot of goofy stuff that happened in, in this in this little niche business niche of ours, and uh, one of the things that we uh, you know the aim and goal of this show is to to help promote act, the the truth, right, and dispel any misconceptions or myths out there. Um, and I did hear one thing that I I hear a lot about several topics and that's like well my my buddy my buddy got x you know and it's not just about financial evaluation it's it's also about fee schedules it's also about all kinds of stuff yeah um why is it that especially with general dentists they won't make a move unless another general dentist like blesses it like the pope like what's the deal with that well you know there's conservative business guys in general um uh, you, you've got you got really two types. Uh, one, they're very conservative. You know, they, 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 they play it safe. They go by the numbers. Um, you know, no risk without, you know, sort of collaboration from the community, if you will. You got to remember, you, you know, you guys know it is Dennis is, it's a very close market, very close. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're probably two steps away from someone in California. They can call, you know, in, in, in a heartbeat. So it's a very, very close community. Um, and, and it's just an industry that's cautious by nature. Um, so they don't make a move, but some guys you know, that are more business astute, some guys that are more aggressive, um, you know, that are not necessarily uh, intolerable to risk adverse, um, they're very aggressive. I mean, they'll, they'll roll the dice. You know, yeah, and we, all, we all know some of those, you know. Um, but as a whole, you know, as a whole, um, you know, they're, they're, they're business guys. A lot of them are, you know, solos uh, or small groups. They watch their numbers and they're just conservative. Um, and they really want to, uh, you know, consult their advisors, which is good. Mm-hmm. But, but they're, they're, they still got to talk before they even hire Stuart. What do they say? They're like, all right, Stuart. Um, I, I've heard you on dental business radio. You really sound like, you know what you're talking about. Uh, but what other general dentist do you, what other dentist can I talk to first that yeah. will bless you? Right. Because I need yeah. that. I need to have that blessing. You'll get the vetting process. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And I mean, it, and I mean, I'm vetted. I've got a dentist in California. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? I've got the, bless, the blessing too, <laughs> but I kind of, you know, I, 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 you know me, you know me well enough. You know me for years too. Um, you know, I like to have a little fun and I'm like, so listen, Hey guys, you you guys all, you say, Hey, is that mechanic in a good? Do you got, what about that barber? Yeah. How come everybody in this room doesn't have the same haircut? Huh? Oh, you guys must not have been talking to each other then. Not that much. You know, in today's market, everything is social media, social media, LinkedIn, you know, posting this and that. But, you know, honestly, the, um, the best source of, uh, you know, revenue and, and, and client acquisition is word of mouth. I couldn't agree with I, you more. Word of mouth, I, yeah. you know, and that's lost in today's world. So the, the dentists, you know, we're, we're all in that market pretty, pretty close. 
Um, and the dentist, uh, you know, they, they, there's only really two or three people that do it, do it hard, do it full time and do it well in each state. I mean, mm. if you look at it, th- there's, you know, there, there's two, probably two or three CPAs that could stand out in any market, two or three attorneys stand in a market, you know, you guys, you, you know, the players in the market, you go, you go next door to South and North Carolina, you know who it is. If not, you find out in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's all, it's a very close market and they just, it's all referrals. Right. Um, and you know, I do think though that there's, um, <clears throat> hold on, I gotta, I'm trying to be polite here. There's a parade of, <laughs> why? why start parade of ass clowns that go into our clients practices and rip them off and steal from them and do other things that I don't respect. Um, and this is me being polite, by the way. Parade of Ass Clowns is the name of my new metal band, by the way. <laughs> well, yeah, look, and and but like, hear me out. In Georgia, right? It's because I'm here, and we all know each other, and everybody knows everybody. I think I feel like it's kind, of, it's better like monitored. But I think that there's always there's somebody pops up every now and then, and you know, Lord. Like I've seen so many, I've seen so much like theft from the office managers or something. Like I think that's that a these, whole nother discussion. Yeah, right there. I think that they that's just got day. burned. Like yeah. that's my story. That's my theory is that they're yeah. you know they've been burned or they've heard about other people getting burned, and so that's why it's you know it's just it's you know cautious, right? And so I, I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm just kind of musing, you know, amongst us here on Dental Business Radio. Um, you know, I just, what I do is I go, I know Stuart Oberman. And then they're like, is he a dentist? Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled a lot of things, but never, never teeth. Right. But yeah, look, we, we, we all, we all, we all know the dentist that have just made some really bad decisions. But I think if we got, if we're doing our job, the ultimate decline is number one. That's number one. Amen. And we got, and we got to, and you, and you guys, I'm sure tell your clients, Call me if you have any questions. If I can't, if I can't solve your problem, I'll get you to the point where I can solve your problems. So if we can facilitate those relationships, you know, I, I, we'll, you know, we all go to dental schools and we talk to the students and say, look, you got to, you know, you got, you got to make sure you know who you're dealing with, and you're gonna have really good advisors and you know, not good advisors, and and you know, if you're my client, we will tell you this is a really good deal or a really bad deal, and we will tell you that. Um, uh, I don't know the answer to that or that's out of my wheelhouse, but I'm going to get you to the right, you know, I'm going to get you to the right, you know, broker or to the right insurance guy. And it's just, so I think we've got to, we've got to facilitate those, those relationships and it just, you know, keeps coming back to us. Sure. Amen. I mean, I'll tell you what it frequently. And I, and I, I know you got, and you guys do that. I know you, I know you guys do that. I'll tell you this. I say this frequently every single day, multiple times a day. My opinion is not a substitute for qualified legal counsel licensed to practice law in your state. And this is a legal question you need to consult with your attorney. Oh, you don't have a good attorney. Well, you should contact Stuart Oberman. And so if somebody on that's listening right now um, wanted to contact Stuart Oberman, an Oberman law firm, the powerhouse juggernaut that's now all over the, it's not just Loganville. Now it's where? Well, we, we got. Um, well, you're in 28 states. I know. But <laughs> we're still here in Georgia. Georgia's important. so we 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 do. We have an office in Loganville and an office in Cumming. Gotcha. So very good. And hey, listen, Beavis is out there. It's Cumming, Georgia, in Forsyth <laughs> County. 
Um, it's actually a very affluent area. It's very nice. I have a lot of friends. Beautiful area. Beautiful area. Um, and so if folks were looking for you, I know that you're very active on social media, um, and doing a lot of other things. You're quite visible and active individual. Um, you have a lot of energy. I admire that. I drink a lot of Diet Cokes. Uh Is that the deal? (laughs) That's just the deal. I drink Pellegrino. I that's love seeing that, Pellegrino. That's, that, that's where I got a, you know, I got a uh, 16 ounce tall boy sitting right here. <laughs> oh, very nice. Very nice. Um, so if our listeners wanted to reach you to answer some of the questions, and maybe they had some of the questions that you brought up yeah. before, how would they find Stuart Oberman? So uh, obviously phone number, you know, 770-886-2400. Um, email Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T at ObermanLaw.com. Um, we, we try to do ever, everything we can to, um, uh, really facilitate questions and answers and, um, especially with the listeners. So gotcha. try, try to do what we can. Any, any, any good events coming up? Um, yeah, we got, got a couple good events coming up. Uh, actually we've got three next week. Um, so on uh, Thursday doing a national uh, convention, um, the, uh, American healthcare lawyers association, uh, discussing transitions, so to um, practice uh, transitions, right? just to be clear. Well, yeah, to uh, it's being presented to other lawyers. So uh, it's it's uh, it's quite a prep because those guys in the room know what they're doing. So I got to be you know one step smarter than the audience. Um, that's good. We got uh, some question and answer sessions going on with MCG down in Augusta, the dental students ethics class, and then uh, we've got a webinar. Uh, the um, uh, MCG, uh, I, I can't remember what college they are this this time. I just Me- call, Medical College of Georgia. Yeah, I just call them MCG. In Augusta. Yeah, just got the, 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 the dental uh, school, uh, the dental school, you know. Yes. Um, that's at 8 o'clock, then we got a webinar at 10 o'clock. Gotcha. Um, then um, I'm not sure what else is after following. That's all right. You got you, you know what your schedule is for the next <laughs> week. I look at my calendar in the morning, and I look at my phone. If it said drive to Montreal, I would be, <laughs> yeah. I would be in Canada by lunch, you know. That's what I, yeah, that's it's what a lot I of do. fun. It's uh, you know, and we all enjoy doing it. It's all value added um, for our clients, and that's that's the name of the game. Well, I like you know one of the things I like uh, what you do is that you help educate the kids. You know, over there, I, yeah. I, it, it, it's. It, I remember when you brought me over that one time, and I was there for a while. And I'm like, nobody told you any of this stuff. And I'm like, oh Lord, we're going to be here for a while. Yeah, and you know, I felt bad, and so I feel like the, 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 there's somebody has has to do that, but it's so foreign. Um, so keep doing what you're doing. But Stuart is also um, a sought-after speaker. So if you want an expert to talk about any of these topics, Stuart is your man. Uh, your host, Patrick O'Rourke, occasionally gets out there and talks about yeah, some, uh, Come on now. You, you're, you're on the road a lot. Come on now. I, yeah, I, I know. I did a lot of lecturing <laughs> yeah. before um, – before before COVID, COVID-19. pre-COVID, that's why I started Dental Business Radio, because I got a lot to say, you know, and my my wife is sick of hearing me talk about it, so she's like, get out of You're here. You're just not another pretty face, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, as things are opening back up. Um, and they are. It, it, they are. It, and they are. They are. They are. I heard the Hinman happen um, last week. Yeah, I was just in Nashville uh, giving another speech uh, uh, on, a, on a different healthcare topic, um, and... Uh, it was good. It was good. Uh, you know, 15, 20, uh, 20 other professionals were in the room. Um, and uh, it, it's opening up. It's opening up. So that's 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 good to hear. It's the, opening up. The light, she is a shining at the end of the tunnel. That's it. All right. Well, I'd like to thank you, Stuart. Now, Josh Rowland, one more time for all the folks who did not get their pen out fast enough. If they need expert benefit employer group 
counsel, and they are CFOs, VPs of HR, CEOs, business owners? Yeah, if it's of size. Very good. Um, and what 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 does size mean? Oh, I was just being facetious. We work with all size groups. So, oh, gotcha. Two employees on up from everything from the medical, dental, vision, life, disability, all that. So, disability insurance is a big deal with dentists. It can be a challenge, but so yeah, that's it, another show. Yeah, yes, I, we should do that because I'm, I'm I'm you're probably one of the only other people that are certified in disability. I can talk about the nuances of disability coverage all day long. That's right. But John Ray. John Ray's like, nah, I'm not showing up for that show, buddy. <laughs> hey, one, one, one thing. So, you know, first off, thank you. Thank you for having me on. And, and Josh, I know. Oh, uh, it's my, know, my pleasure. I never, I never met Josh. And, and for the audience, don't know, you're absolutely tireless on the road. You're absolutely tirelessly giving back. So, um, thank this you. is really perfect what, uh, what you're doing and getting some information out. So I know I appreciate it. And I know. Uh, a lot of guys in the industry appreciate that. Absolutely. It's, it's, you know, it's sitting here. It's, it's amazing how much work goes into this and how much time you, know, you and I've talked about you know, spending on this stuff. And so it's amazing what you're doing. So good job. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And, you know, dear listeners, if you agree with Stuart Oberman, who's a very smart man, I think that you <laughs> should take action right now and rate this show five stars, five stars. And if you do, I can promise you a return on investment of Good karma. That's right. It's a guarantee. Guaranteed. All right. So with that, I'd also like to thank our sponsor, Practice Quotient, BPO Analysis and Negotiation, top-tier compensation for top-tier providers. <laughs> if you are a top-tier provider and you're not getting top-tier compensation or you're working for 50 cents on the dollar, just stop it and call us at 470-592-1680-www.practicequotient.com. Uh, thank you very much to everybody at Practice Quotient. Thank you to John Ray Stone, everybody at Business Radio X for their excellent production work. And this is your host, Patrick O'Rourke. Until next time. Mm-hmm.